1: Sorry that uh, I missed out on news updates for two days it's just that my microphone broke completely and I hope yeah that you will enjoy the sound of this new one it's a bit louder than the previous one but you know it had some weird effects there as well at any rate well also hope you li- you really enjoyed our conversation that was yesterday but um, on to the news today was a bit quiet than you know expected because well there are some preparations going have some news from our buddy Girkin, who's back to posting everything again. Again, thanks to for- War Translated for this. So, news from the front lines Belgrade frontline. Multiple shelling uh, of facilities in the border area of the Russian Federation. Yeah, Girkin hates that, but it's to be expected since exactly from Belgorod and Kursk, uh, Ukraine was shelled before. There is no data about the Oskoy front frontline, which I couldn't find on the map, but. You know, it is what it is. I uh, saw a nice little map today which sum- summarized this whole war with um, areas that Russia voluntarily left, the areas that they were pushed back, and the areas that they've lost in the Kherson offensive and everything. And, um, yeah, Russian propaganda is very much overplaying everything, even even this loss. Like, Russians are not going to win all this. Frontline along the Seversky Donetsk. Fighting continues north of Sviatogorsk in the Liman region and in the forests at the river behind southwest of Kremennaya. Naya. So, Yudar-Bahmut direction. It is alleged that yesterday the Wagner group managed to make some progress in the vicinity of Bakhmut. Now, Girkin reports that he doesn't know how much this information is true. Maybe it is, but he states that, quote, offensive in the operational shadow of a large enemy's strike groups hanging from the flanks, in my opinion, is a senseless, if not worse, waste of forces. Donetsk frontline, still really no changes. Fighting in Marinka, two thirds of the village is under the armed forces of Ukraine. Attempts by the Donetsk People's Republic militias to advance there have not had any results for several weeks the enemy continues to heavily shell residential areas of Donetsk and Khorlivka and other settlements. He um, obviously claims that they're residential areas, but I highly doubt it. I mean, he still calls Ukrainians Nazis after all and all that stuff. As to be expected. In the Dokuchaevsky direction, the enemy shelled the positions of Donetsk People's Republic's armed forces all day yesterday, but did not attack. From the Zaporozhye front line, apart from reports of the accumulation of enemy forces, no information was received. Pos- positional battles continued in the Kherson front line. There was a search, reconnaissance and force by insignificant enemy forces in the direction of Brod. That's by Ukrainians, because this is Girkin. In general, he concludes, On all fronts, the enemy is preparing to attack and is pulling up additional forces. Personally, I cautiously assume the following to be likely. The main attack on the Zaporozhye front, secondary attack between Donetsk and Kholivka, in the Dokuchaevsk region, in the Berislav direction of the Kherson front line, and also directly in the Kherson region. I do not know the timing of the offensive, but I believe that it will hardly give Russian troops time to strengthen their positions and regroup troops in the threatened areas of the armed forces of Ukraine. And again, I have to agree with Girkin here. Looks like Ukrainians are regrouping, so it's a bit slower. I, um, I got some sleep, which is nice. But... Looks like another major offensive is ahead of us, which isn't that surprising. Meanwhile, Volodymyr Zelensky, together with uh, the entire office of the president and the command of the armed forces of Ukraine, visited Izium. Yeah, the city which was abandoned last week by Russians who ran away and routed. And um, this has caused an uproar in Russian-speaking telegram channels. For one, this has been spread around by uh, the Ribar media, quote... For the editors of our Telegram channel, as well as for the majority of the population of our country, he means Russia there, it is extremely strange that the military political re- leadership of a country threatening to destroy the Russian Federation freely comes to a city located in the zone of direct range of Russian operational tactical complexes and MLRS, and that secret services and structures do not pay attention to this, and that not- nothing happens, and that it is in principle possible in this world. Yeah, they they make out a lot from all this situation of Zelensky's visit because they've been telling these pro-war guys that Russia should try to assassinate him, which they've actually tried multiple times, but uh, yeah, so far no success. And uh, I think I think that we'll see a bit less of the success later on as well. But so far, the whole kind of divide between uh, between what's happening and what's going on there, yeah, it's continuing. Russians are being sort of prepared for mobilization. It's been called something that should be used, however, again, I do not believe the mobilization because well they might, but they'll fail it completely that again putin is a is not a very very smart man indeed, so who knows at any rate, even if it happens, it will not provide successful completely in other news, what happened is that um Russian media made me extremely happy once again, because, uh, for example, about the Ukrainian Ukrainians that are arresting now the Russian teachers that were sent in from from Moscow, who agreed to basically uh, just portray Putin's propaganda in schools, which I find pretty amazing. Uh, at the same time, in the occupied Kherson, the local United Russia leader who was elected uh, elected a chairman of the board who had been outing pro-Ukrainian. Uh, teachers who show sympathies for Ukraine, well, she's been exploded. She's in the hospital now, and and yeah. Because Russia Russia takes great care that in these occupied territories the kids are properly brainwashed and told that, told that they are Russians. See, this really happens, and a lot of good teachers who disagree with this have been sent to prisons. And like I said, guerrilla activities are increasing more. At any rate, Minister of Education of Russian Federation, Kravtsov, stated that Mm-mm. there were no russian teachers teaching anything in the kharkiv oblast okay mm-hmm. meanwhile the head of the investigation committee of russian federation that's kind of their that's kind of their basically attorney general office who prosecutes people Bastrykin at the same day demanded uh, that a criminal case be started against some ukrainians because of the arrest of the russian teachers in kharkiv oblast So, like a person commented on Twitter, Putin did not send any Russian teachers to brainwash kids to the Kharkiv Oblast. Therefore, it is illegal to arrest these uh, Russian teachers that Putin did not send in the Kharkiv Oblast. But, um, sadly, we also have some, well, more personal and bad news. You see, my show originally started out with people's stories about everything, so I pay attention to this because, well, I I think it's important to remember the human side of this conflict, and I want to give you the story of um, one Yulia Petrova. She's a native of the, sorry, she's a native of the Kupyansk Vuzlovy a village in the region whose railway junction connects Kharkiv to other major Ukrainian cities. Oh yeah, thanks to Medusa for this article, by the way, and and their their nice translation. That's awesome. I kept, I, I work with them because they've put everything in creative. A former veterinarian, she's been taking care of homeless dogs and cats in the village for years. Petrova said she was forced to flee the Kharkiv region in late August, where Russian soldiers threatened to kill her nine year old daughter. The three of us lived together me, my mom, and my daughter. We were all home when the war started, and we were afraid. We got a call from our relatives in Kharkiv, and they told us the war had begun. You could already hear explosions and aircraft flying overhead. We immediately went down to the basement. We brought our animals down there too. We currently have more than 20. Some of them were scared out of the loud, of the loud noises and hid. Russian troops entered our village almost immediately. They came in without a fight, there weren't any Ukrainian soldiers there, and the Krupyansk mayor Gennady Matsegoral gave up the city. That was the beginning of our six months of occupation. The Russian soldiers came in right away and stationed their vehicles in the front of village council. Local residents soon began to assemble there to protest against them. But they acted like they owned, owned the place. In the fu- first few days, they hung up flags everywhere. Russian and Soviet ones. They put a Russian soldier at every intersection. They didn't have any contact with the locals, they were all stand fish Nobody could say anything to them. From the very beginning, they started taking people's businesses from them. In the bazaars and the markets, they would take over people's booths. They were like that when they went shopping, in air quotes, too. You couldn't look them in the eyes. They took whatever they wanted from the stalls. And if you dared to talk back to them, or if they were simply in a bad mood, they would beat you and take you to the basement. They took whatever they wanted from people. They went into apartments and just stole what they liked. They took over entire buildings. They would take people's cars. The best case scenario was them just pulling the owners out of the front seat. Basically, they acted like the world belonged to them. Sometimes, they would get drunk and drive their APCs around with their machine guns. One time, one of them climbed out of the hatch with his gun at the bus station and said, I'm about to shoot you in the legs. Just like that to the people standing there. They would fire at apartment buildings for their own entertainment. That kind of thing happened a lot. Local residents were also found dead in a river, with bags over their heads and their arms bound with tape. I heard about that from some local fishermen back at the start of the summer. They were fishing on the Oskil river when a corpse floated to the surface. Nobody dared to remove the bag from the person's head. Instead, they called the occupation commander's office. Some soldiers came, along with drivers, and they silently retrieved the body and took it away. Awful things happened in the basements of the administration buildings as well. They would detain people there. Whenever you walked by, your hair would stand on end because you could, never hear, you could hear the inhuman screams. Both women and men's voices. It's scary even to imagine what they did to make people scream like that. A lot of the people we knew who didn't hide their pro-Ukrainian views ended up disappearing. We still don't know where they are. Nikola Masly, who went to the protests, is still missing. A lot of young women disappeared too. Where are they? Nobody knows. A lot of bad things happened. There were also people in the village who supported them. Some of them went to the Luhansk and Donetsk regions, and continued on to Russia. Most of them were old, but there were a lot of young people too. Basically, none of this bothered them. They were so nostalgic. They would say, pretty soon we'll be earning good money. The railroad will start working like it did in Soviet times. In my apartment building, for example, one woman started working in their headquarters. She would say Ukraine is bad and these guys were good. Look on the internet in the village of Kupiansk Vuzloy on May 9th, how they waved Russian flags and rejoiced. And we stood there and cried. In the first days of the occupation, they gathered people to work on the railroad. They said they needed to re-establish a railway route to Russia. At first they promised everybody high salaries. Then once they'd fooled people, they started promising less. They brought in everything they needed, transported military equipment in from Russia, and didn't end up paying anybody at all. They gave people food rations that are, instead of paychecks, and and said, told them they wouldn't be getting any money. And that is if you didn't come to, and that if you didn't come to work, they'd come find you and deal with you. So people started working for free. Meanwhile, they raised the prices of everything threefold. The prices were insane. People found themselves on the brink of starvation. Then there were the denunciations. My friend's mom, who works as a caretaker, for example, said to me, Why are you supporting Ukraine? I can go right now and give you up to the Russians, and you'll end up in the basement. There is nothing I could say. Because once you are in the basement, there is no getting out. And if you do get out, it's with serious injuries. A son of some friends of mine missed the curfew by just a few minutes. He He wasn't home in time. They took him in and put him in the basement. The next day, they took him out. They had beaten him so badly that he couldn't walk. It must have been someone's denunciation that made him come come, uh, to, <clears throat> to, uh, come to, to, for me, too. Someone told them about my views, that I opposed them. Probably one of, my, one of my neighbors. Three people showed up. One of them immediately shoved me and I fell over. They pulled me on the sofa in the kitchen. They sat me down and started going through our phones. One person searched the phones while the others searched the apartment. They were looking for Ukrainian symbols and that kind of thing. I don't have anything like that, but they turned the a whole apartment upside down looking. Eventually they aimed their guns at me and my daughter and reloaded them. They shouted, we're going to shoot your child, tell us right now, where are your flags, bitch? You support Ukraine, right? You don't like us? You don't like Russians? I just stayed silent, I was so scared. I couldn't say a single word. They searched and searched until finally they said, we'll be back, and left. The next day, August 22nd, we found someone who got a car and he drove us out. We didn't take our things with us because we couldn't carry them. All we took were the oldest and most unhealthy cats. We put them in special carrying cases, two two in each, and used the last of our money to get out of there. We had to pass by nine Russian checkpoints on our way to Ukraine. The road to the line of demarcation between Ukrainian and Russian troops took six hours. It was hard going through all these checkpoints. Each soldier there had had his own triggers, and you always had to find an approach that would keep him from shooting you. We had to give give them money so they wouldn't harm us. They think they own us because they decide who can pass through and who can't. Their leader was posted at the 8th checkpoint, the 2nd last. They led us to, up to him so he could decide whether to let us pass or not. That's where they do the official, most thorough check. They don't let everyone through, but in general, if you pay, you can continue on. Although even that's not always true. Some friends told me that they sometimes even refuse to let people who've paid. It probably depends who's on shift, but we paid them to let us through. They took all our gold, including my daughter's gold cross and chain, and we gave them $400 that we had been saving up for a rainy day. But even so, if you want to pass, you have to completely wipe your phone, because they can restore your messages and photos if you're not thorough enough. You have to either have a brand new phone, or delete all your accounts and restore your phone to factory settings, because they will always find a way to get you otherwise. We made it to the unoccupied part of the Kharkiv region. It was thanks, of course, to Ukrainian soldiers and volunteers. They really helped everyone. They helped us with our pets too. All those baskets were hard carry. They helped us load them and unload them, and by about 1 p.m. we were already in a filtration camp. Ukrainian one. It's a building with Ukrainian soldiers and officials from the Ukrainian security service. First they fed everyone. Medical aid was given to anyone who needed it. While we waited to be interviewed, they gave our cats some water and looked after after them for us. Then we were interviewed by SBU officers. They asked about life under occupation, whether we were abused, that kind of thing. They checked our phones to make sure there wasn't anything there. That's understandable. A lot of collaborators and traitors leave occupied territory too. But it wasn't any, really anything you could call interrogation. More of a conversation. We spoke with them briefly, then they released us. They called us a taxi. Overall, it was fine. And, uh, yeah. This happened. So it makes me extra angry when, you know, a lot of Russians, these days, they like to use terms like our response to all the situation about the imperialization of Russia and all that. They use that as an excuse. They want to build this great Russian world which would probably look like this, but for, for all of us involved. <laughs> when they make sad puppy eyes, don't believe them. You should instead look at those eyes. They only make them when they're being punched. In all other situations, they'd probably go violent on you. But yeah, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Please consider becoming my patron at patreon.com slash border. Uh, and, of course, if you want to donate directly to, to my trip, upcoming trip to Ukraine and the whole age package that we're bringing there, click the donate button on the easternborder.lv homepage where you can listen to the show ad-free. If you don't mind ads, I don't I don't really own the ads here. I've said this in many episodes. They're just put in there by the host company. But, hey, if you like them, I don't know. If you like them, please listen to them. That supports us. If not, you can freely skip over them. Uh, it doesn't matter that much to me. ACoS aren't exactly the the best of guys. And to you out there who watch me on YouTube, um, that's an auto-uploaded content. I really don't even read the comments there. Please check out me on some podcast app or something because, yeah, I just don't go to YouTube since me and YouTube, well, getting copyright strikes for nothing, being trolled, and every episode getting demonetized. There's no point of my, my content there. So please check out the podcast apps. But yeah, that's it for today. Well... Let's see what happens in the future. До свидания, товарищ. And remember, happiness is mandatory.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...